Hello everybody and welcome to the Growing Up Cast, where this week we talk about a bunch of video games that have come out. I introduce the brand new audiobooks that we will be reading for the Going Up Cast, and a couple of other things. It has been a minute since uh, I've done one of these episodes of the Going Up Cast. Hi! I hope you're all doing well. I have gone away and done uh, some soul searching, some thinking about some stuff, and I've, I've made some alterations to the podcast. One, you may, may have noticed that this week's episode is significantly shorter than others have been in the past, um, and one of the big reasons for that is because I wanted to reduce the barrier of entry to the Going Up cast. Um, with 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, right, if you didn't listen to that when it started, you would have to go back to whichever episode episode or chapter one exists in in order to listen to the whole story, and that's like, that's a while ago. Um, so it doesn't make for, for easy entry into the podcast. Uh, so what I've decided to do is uh, kind of change tact and consume stories that can be finished within a single episode of the podcast. Indeed, we read three classic fairy tales today, um, and I'm going to kind of continue along in that vein uh, for, for quite some time, I think. I like the idea of just reading like short, sweet stories um, that we can kind of fully enjoy in, in a single episode. And also talk about things like a couple of new video games I've played, um, and oh shoot, what was the other what was the other thing that we talked about? I think there's a, there's a third thing that was discussed, but it's escaping me right now. Um, you think I'd remember because I just did it, but it'll be a surprise for all of us uh, later on in this episode. But I'm I'm excited to be back doing the going up cast. Um, I am thankful for all of you who have stuck around for the return. I am back on this wagon in a major way, and we will be doing weekly episodes for the foreseeable future. Uh, Inheritance has begun, the fourth and final Aragon book. Uh, we are we are doing daily uploads of that. Everything is just is just grand and dandy. And if you enjoy the Going Cast and wish to support the Going Cast, feel free to swing on over to Patreon.com/slash Going Upcast, where you can become a five dollar patron, get access to the monthly live streams and the Pokemon Nuzlocke run, which I will be recording new episodes of here pretty soon. Excited about that as well. And yeah, I hope you're all doing well. It's pretty nuts outside, what with you know the world exploding and now the world on fire, at least in my neck of the woods. Um, the, the smoke levels are pretty unreal. Uh, but I believe the weather is saying that it's going to rain from like Thursday through the weekend. So hopefully that will help kind of either get rid of the smoke or, hey, you know what, maybe put out some of these fires. Wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be novel? Um, but that's enough of me blathering. Let's get into this week's episode of The Going Up Cast. So a while ago, a brand new game came out that I have been playing, uh, maybe not religiously, but fairly consistently, um, for about nine hours, and I still haven't beaten it yet. I haven't won a single round, and that's Fall Guys. I'm sure you've all seen it, because it's kind of like the, the new hot thing right now. And I gotta say, whoops, probably sounds my phone. Gotta say, uh, for 20 bucks, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more entertaining game. You go up against 59 other players in this Wipeout, Ninja Warrior, Mario Party-esque minigame obstacle course, and you go through anywhere between like three to six rounds of these events. Uh, and it's a Battle Royale-esque style game where whomever is last person standing or uh, gets the crown first wins the round. And that's a whole game. 
That's the whole game. I've played it for nine hours and I still haven't won a single round. I've gotten close a couple of times, but I still haven't won a single round. But it's so much fun to play with friends. It's so much fun to play solo. So much fun to watch people play. They're already talking about season two coming out pretty soon with new maps, new modes, new costumes. It's going to be like medieval themed. Uh, and it's remarkable fun. It's it's kind of crazy how like addicting it is. It has that kind of Dark Souls level of, of bullshittiness that keeps you wanting to play it. Like you keep getting like ganked by other people. You just get flown across the map and you're always like right there. And just like Dark Souls, you have everything you need at the start of the game in order to beat the game. Everything that you earn is cosmetic. Like everyone's on the same playing field. It's, it's really fun. And it's super, super fun to just kind of sink your teeth into and just fucking waste some time playing Fall Guys. And it's on a bunch of consoles. Oh my God, it's... It's fucking great. And I do want to give a special note. Um, the the community manager for Fall Guys is Oliver H24, who was a YouTuber I used to watch like a long ass time ago. And that dude's funny as hell. So it's it's just all like super wholesome and I'm super on board with everything they're doing and I can't wait for the new content to drop because what this game needs is not only does it need like new maps and new game modes and new costumes to keep up with the demand, but if they instigate a fucking make your own obstacle course mode like a creator thing this game will explode even more than it already has it'll just it'll just take off um but right now it's an incredible game so i highly recommend you guys check it out let's move on to the next thing in the podcast welcome to the first of what will be many short stories read for all of our collective listening pleasures it's just going to be kind of like an ongoing series that we will do in the following weeks of classic fairy tale stories. Something nice and sweet with my iconic comedic stylings mixed in. Now, I am sober as they can come. I have a weird beverage of wheatgrass in front of me. It is healthy as all hell. And at the end of the day, it's pretty tasty too. But let's get started. With the first story, I asked a friend of mine. And they chose Hansel und Gretel, which is something I think uh, most of us are fairly familiar with. What the hell was that? That was weird. There's a noise. I'm going to close my door. Otherwise, that blind witch will get me. Is she blind? I can't remember. She isn't. Some, some tellings, I guess. There we go. Okay. Hansel und Gretel. Hard. By a great forest dwelt a poor woodcutter with his wife and his two children. Hard by a great forest. Okay. The boy was called Hansel and the girl Gretel. He had little to bite and to break, and once, when great dearth fell on the land, he could no longer procure even daily bread. Who's he referring to? The the woodcutter? I guess, yeah. He had little to bite and to break. So I'm guessing he doesn't have a lot of food and not a lot of wood to cut. Now when he thought over this by night in his bed and tossed about in his anxiety. Um, now when he thought over this by night in his bed and tossed about in his anxiety. That's the end of the sentence. Okay. He groaned and said to his wife, what is to become of us? How are we to feed our poor children when we no longer have anything even for ourselves? I'll tell you what, husband, answered the woman. Early tomorrow morning, we will take the children out into the forest to where it is the thickest. There we will light a fire for them and give them each, uh, and give each of them one more piece of bread. And then we will go to our work and leave them alone. They will not find way home again, and we shall be rid of them. No, wife, said the man. I will not do that. How can I bear to leave my children alone in the forest? 
The wild animals would soon come and tear them to pieces. Oh, you fool, said she. Then we must all four die of hunger, and you may as well plane the planks for our coffins. And she left him no peace until he consented. But I feel very sorry for the poor children all the same, said the man. The two children had also not been able to sleep for hunger, and had heard what their stepmother had said to their father. Is it the stepmother? I guess it says wife, and it doesn't specify. Okay, cool. So, hey, evil stepmom. There you go. Talking about just child abandonment because they can't feed him. I, I suppose that's preferable to her being like, let's eat the children. You know, turning into cannibalism, but... Abandonment. Okay, that's fine. Gretel wiped, wept bitter tears and said to Hansel, Now it's all over with us. Be quiet, Gretel, said Hansel. Do not distress yourself. I will soon find a way to help us. And when the old folks had fallen asleep, he got up, put on his little coat, opened the door below, and crept outside. The moon shone brightly, and the white pebbles which lay in front of the house glittered like real silver pennies. Hansel stooped and stuffed the little pocket of his coat with as many as he could get in. Then he went back and said to Gretel, Be comforted, dear little sister, and sleep in peace. God will not forsake us. And he lay down again in bed. When the day dawned, but before the sun had risen, the woman came and awoke the two children, saying, Get up, you sluggards! We're going into the forest to fetch wood. She gave each a little piece of bread and said, There's something for your dinner, but do not eat it up before then, or you will get nothing else. Gretel took the bread upon her apron. Yep, that's what it says. And Hansel had the pebbles in his pockets. Then they all set out together on the way to the forest. When they had walked a short time, Hansel stood still and peeped back at the house and did so again and again. His father said, Hansel, what are you looking at there and staying behind for? Pay attention. and Do not forget how to use your legs. Always good advice. Don't forget how to use them legs. Ah, oh, father, said Hansel. I'm looking at my little white cat, which is sitting up on the roof and wants to say goodbye to me. The wife said, Fool, that is not your little cat. That is the morning sun, which is shining on the chimneys. Hansel, however, had not been looking back at the cat, but had been constantly throwing one of the white pebble stones out of his pocket on the road. When they reached the middle of the forest, the father said, Now, children, pile up some wood, and I will light a fire that uh, you may not be cold. Hansel and Gretel, Gretel gathered brushwood together as high as a little hill. The brushwood was lighted. Not lit. Lighted. And when the flames were burning very high, the woman said, Now, children, lay yourselves down by the fire and rest. We will go into the forest and cut some wood. When we have done, we will come back and fetch you away. Hansel and Gretel sat by the fire, and when noon came, each ate a little piece of bread. As they heard the strokes of the wood axe, they believed that their father was near. It was not the axe, however, but a branch, which he had fastened to a withered tree, which the wind was blowing backward and forward. And as they had been sitting uh, such a long time, their eyes closed with fatigue, and they fell fast asleep. When at last they awoke, it was already dark night. Gretel began to cry and said, How are we to get out of the forest now? But Hansel comforted her and said, Just wait a little till the moon has risen, and then we will soon find the way. When the full moon had risen, Hansel took his little sister by the hand and followed the pebbles which shone like newly coined silver pieces and showed them the way. They walked the whole night long and by break of day came once more to their father's house. They knocked at the door and when the woman opened it and saw there was Hansel and Gretel, she said, You naughty children! Why have you slept so long in the forest? We thought you were never coming back at all. The father, however, rejoiced, for it had cut him to the heart to leave them behind all alone. Not long afterwards, there was once more a once more great dearth throughout the land. Then the children heard their mother saying at night to their father, Everything is eaten again. We only have one half loaf left, and that is the end. The children must go. We will take them farther into the woods, so they may not find their way out again. There is no other means of saving ourselves. The man's heart was heavy, and he thought, It would be better for you to share the last mouthful with your children. The woman, however, would listen to nothing uh, he had to say, but scolded and reproached him. He who says A must be B, and likewise, as he had yielded the first time, he had to do so a second also. The children never were still awake and had heard the conversation. When the old folks were asleep, Hansel got up again, uh, wanted to go out. 
and pick up the pebbles as he had done before, but the woman had locked the door, and Hansel could not get out. Nevertheless, he comforted his little sister, saying, Don't cry, Gretel. Go to sleep quietly. The good God will help us. Well, a lot more God in this in this story than I would have would have thought. I mean, you know, there's always differences in the original story, isn't there? Also, I'll be honest, I didn't do a lot of fact-checking to ensure that this is the original story. It sounds about right. I don't really know. This is the first time I'm reading this story. So, let's hopeful or let's hope that this is a uh, at least close, if not if not bang on, it's approaching the original story. Early in the morning came the woman and took the children out of their beds. Their piece of bread was given to them, but it was still smaller than the time before. On the way into the forest, Hansel crumbled his in his pocket and often stood still and threw a morsel on the ground. Hansel, why do you stop and look round? said the father. Go on. I'm looking back at my pigeon who's sitting on the roof and wants to say goodbye to me, answered Hansel. Fool, said the woman. That's not your little pigeon, it's the morning sun that is shining on the chimney. Hansel, however, little by little, threw all the crumbs on the path. The woman led the children still deeper into the forest, where they had never seen, uh, never in their lives been before. And then a great fire was made again, and the mother said, Just sit there, you children, and when you're tired, you may sleep a little. We're going into the forest to cut wood, and in the evening, when we are done, we will come and fetch you away. When it was noon, Gretel shared her piece of bread with Hansel, who had scattered his by the way. Then they fell asleep, and evening passed, but no one came to the poor children. They did not awake until it was dark night, and Hansel comforted his little sister and said, Just wait, Gretel, until the moon rises. Then we shall see the crumbs of bread which I have strewn about, and they will show us the way home again. When the moon came, uh, they set out, but they found no crumbs, for the many thousands of birds which fly about in the woods and fields had picked them all up. Hansel said to Gretel, We shall soon find the way. But they did not find it. They walked the whole night and all the next day, too, from morning till evening, but they did not get out of the forest, and they were very hungry, for they had nothing to eat but two or three berries which grew on the ground. And as they were so weary that their legs could not carry them any longer, they lay down beneath a tree and fell asleep. It was now three mornings since they had left their father's house. They began to walk again, but they always came deeper into the forest, and if help didn't come soon, they must die of hunger and weariness. When it was midday, they saw a beautiful snow-white bird sitting in a bough, which sang so delightfully that they stood still and listened to it. When its song was over, it spread its wings and flew away before them, and they followed it until they reached a little house, on the roof of which it alighted. And when they approached the little house, they saw that it was built of bread and covered with cakes, but that the windows were of clear sugar. We will set to work on that, said Hansel, and have a good meal. I will eat a bit of the roof, and uh, you, Gretel, can eat some of the windows. It'll taste sweet. Hansel reached above, um and broke off a little of the roof to try um, how it tasted. And Gretel leaned against the window and nibbled at the panes. Then a soft voice cried from the parlor. Nibble, nibble, gnaw, who is nibbling at my house? The children answered, the wind, the wind, the heaven-born wind, and went on eating without disturbing themselves. Hansel, who liked the taste of the roof, tore down a great piece of it, and Gretel uh, pushed uh, the whole of one round window pane, sat down, and enjoyed herself with it. Suddenly the door opened, and a woman as old as the hills, who supported herself on crutches, came creeping out. Hansel and Gretel were so terribly frightened that they let fall what they had in their hands. The old woman, however, nodded her head and said, Oh, you dear children, who has brought you here? Do come in and stay with me. No harm shall happen to you. The image of uh, the witch is uh, horrifying, so that's good. She took them both by the hand and led them into her little house. How'd she do that if she's on crutches? Interesting. Then good food was set before the milk and pancakes with sugar, apples, and nuts. Afterwards, two pretty little beds were covered with clean white linen. Hansel and Greta laid down in them and thought they were in heaven. The old woman had only pretended to be so kind. Well, fucking... Just spoilers. Jesus. She was, in reality, a wicked witch 
who lay in wait for children and had only built the little house of bread in order to entice them there. When a child fell into her power, she killed it, cooked it, and ate it. And that was a feast day with her. Witches have red eyes and cannot see far, but they have a keen scent like, a, like the beasts and are aware when human beings draw near. When Hansel and Gretel came into her neighborhood, she laughed with malice and said mockingly, I have them, and they shall not escape me again. What do you mean again? Have they escaped you before, you crazy witch? Early in the morning before the children were awake, she was already up. When she saw both of them sleeping and looking so pretty with their plump rosy cheeks, she muttered to herself, That will be a dainty mouthful. Oh, that will be a dainty mouthful. And she seized Hansel with her shriveled hand, carried him into a little stable and locked him beside, uh, behind a grated door. Scream as he might, it would not help him. Then she went to Gretel, shook her till she awoke, and cried, Get up, lazy thing, fetch some water, and cook something good for your brother. He is in the stable outside and is to be made fat. When he is fat, I will eat him. Gretel began to weep bitterly, but it was all in vain, for she was forced to do what the wicked witch commanded. And now the best food was cooked for poor Hansel, but Gretel got nothing but crab shells. When you want, when you want them both to be fat, maybe that's where maybe that's where my head is at. I think you'd want them both to be fat. Why'd you feed Gretel crab shells? Anyway, every morning the woman crept to the little stable and cried, "Hansel, stretch out your finger so I may feel if you will soon be fat." What? I suppose if your fingers got fat, then yeah, I guess the rest of you would be pretty plump. But why the? Okay, whatever. Hansel, however, stretched out a little bone to her, and the old woman, who had dim eyes, could not see it. And thought it was Hansel's finger, and was astonished that there was no way of fattening him. When four weeks had gone by, four Jesus, a month of this shit, and Hansel still remained thin, she was seized with impatience and would not wait any longer. Now then, Gretel, she cried to the girl, stir yourself and bring some water. Let Hansel be fat or lean. Tomorrow I will kill him and cook him. Ah, how the poor little sister did lament when you had to fetch the water. Now her tears did flow down her cheeks. Dear God, do help us, she cried. If the wild beasts in the forest had but devoured us, we should be, at any rate, have died together. Just keep your noise to yourself, said the old woman. It won't help you at all. Early in the morning, Gretel had to go out and hang up the cauldron with the water and light the fire. We will bake first, said the old woman. I've already heated the oven and kneaded the dough. She pushed poor Gretel out of the oven, um, out to the oven, from which flames of fire were already darting. Creep in, said the witch. See if it is properly heated so that we could put bread in it. Once Gretel was inside, she intended to shut the oven and let her bake in it. She would eat her too. But Gretel saw what she had in mind and said, I don't know um, how I am to do it. How do I get in? Silly goose, said the old woman. The door's big enough. Just look, I can get in myself. And she crept up and thrust her head in the oven. Then Gretel gave a push that drove her far into it and shut the iron door fastened to the bolt. Oh, then she began to howl quite horribly, but Gretel ran away. And the godless witch was miserably burnt to death. Wow, that's fucking... That's fucking fast. Gretel, however, ran like lightning to Hansel, opened his little stable and cried, Hansel, we have saved. The old witch is dead. And Hansel sprang like a bird from its cage when the door was opened. How they did rejoice and embrace each other and dance around and kiss each other. And as they uh, no longer had any need to fear her, they went into the witch's house. And in every corner, um, there stood chests full of pearls and jewels. These are far better, better than pebbles, said Hansel, and thrust, his pocket, thrust into his pockets whatever uh, could be gotten. And Gretel said, I too will take something home with me. And fell to her pinafore full. But now we must be off, said Hansel, and that we may get out of the witch's forest. When they had walked for two hours, they came into a great stretch of water. We cannot cross, said Hansel. I see no footplank nor bridge. There's also no ferry, answered Gretel, but a white duck is swimming there. I'll ask her if she will help us. Then she cried, Little duck, little duck, 
Does thou see? Hansel and Gretel are waiting for thee. There's never a plank or a bridge in sight. Take us across thy back so white. The duck came to them, and Hansel seated himself on his back and told his sister to sit beside him. No, said Gretel. It'll be too heavy for the little duck. She shall take us across, one after the other. The good little duck did so, and then when they were once again safely across and had walked for a short time, the forest seemed to be more and more familiar to them, and at length they saw from afar their father's house. They began to run, rushed into the parlor, and threw themselves round their father's necks. The man had not known one happy hour since he had left his children in the forest. The woman, however, was dead. Wow, really? What happened? Are you going to tell me? Gretel emptied her pinafore until pearls and precious stones ran about the room and Hansel threw one handful after another out of the pockets to add to them. Then all anxiety was at an end and they lived together in perfect happiness. My tale is done. There runs a mouse. Whomever so catches it may make himself a big fur cap out of it. This... She's just, she's just dead. She's just gone. That's just... That's what happened to the, to the evil fucking... Uh, stepmom, I guess. She's a... Okay. Well... That's, um, that's a weird way to end that book, but I suppose it ends happily. Hansel and Gretel kill the witch, and they go back to their dad and their rich, and they live happily ever after. Well, congratulations, gang. That's a, that's a sweet, that's a sweet story. Another game dropped fairly recently, uh, a, a remake of a game from, like, you know, the past. And it was Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2. It, which was, I believe, a total, like, ground-up remake. It wasn't a reskin of the original, um, but it feels like the original, which is really great. I, I got my hands on it uh, a couple of days ago. Went over to my brother's house, and he happens to have it. And we went back and forth on it. And um, while it's not much in terms of, like, plot, you know, it's you know there's not, like, a, like an overarching story, at least not in the, in the game modes that we played. Uh, it's mostly just a series of levels that you skate around in. Um, but it's a lot of fun to get, like, the the achievements and the objectives, uh, of which there are, like, a dozen or so per little zone. Uh, I remember playing this game when I was a kid, and so some of the maps were coming back to me, like, the school came back to me. And it was like, oh, yeah, I remember this. Or the, the one in the city with the circular fountain, that one came back to me. It was just a lot of fun to have that kind of freedom of movement in a, in a skateboarding game and it feels really good it looks good it plays well the the songs are a mixture of original songs and a lot of new songs as well so you can like listen to some of those original tony talk songs and it's, it's just it's really good i um i i do recommend it it makes me want for like a fucking snowboarding game like some of those like stunt based sport games are so much fun to play and they're not really all that popular anymore which is a, a shame it makes way for like Madden and FIFA and it's not that I don't enjoy sports like that it's just not as much fun to play you know and especially Madden you can fuck right off with that but the games like SSX I believe is what is called the snowboarding one or like even arcade games where you're like on jet skis or, or whatever it's just oh it's so much fun and Tony Hawk kind of evokes that that freedom because once you put on all like the game mods so you never fall off your skateboard you're just doing these inhuman fucking skate tricks and just soaring into the air and it's oh it's just it's so much fun it's just a blast to kind of dick around to that game. So, great, great job on that. I think it's, I think it's a really solid remake, and um, it's definitely got a lot going on. I'm pretty excited about that. Little Red Riding Hood, as written by who the fuck wrote the Little Red Riding Hood? Um, it was written by, by. So it's an Italian story. 
Apparently the best known version of it was written by Charles Perrault um, in the 17th century. That's fine. It's an older story. Ah, <clears throat> uh, that's good. Uh, I think, is this the first book that I've read that begins this way? I don't know, let's find out. Once upon a time, there was a dear little girl who was loved by everyone who looked at her, but most of all by her grandmother, and there was nothing that she would not have given to the child. Once she gave her a little cap of red velvet, which suited her so well that she would never wear anything else, and so she was always called Little Red Riding Hood. Excuse me. One day her mother said to her, Come, Little Red Riding Hood, here is a piece of cake and a bottle of wine. Take them to your grandmother. She is ill and weak. They will do her good. Set up before it gets hot, and when you are going, walk nicely and quietly and do not run off the path. You may fall and break the bottle. Then your grandmother will get nothing. Well, she would still get the cake, I guess. And when you go into her room, don't forget to say, Good morning! And don't peep into every corner before you do. Before you do it. And don't peep into every corner before you do it. Interesting. Um, I will take great care, said the little red riding hood to her mother, and gave her hand on it. Gave her hand on it? Like a... Like a solemn vow? I don't know. Oh, hey, the sky's kind of starting to clear up a little bit. At least I can see the other building without the haze of smoke in the wine. That's fine. The grandmother lived out in the wood, half a league from the village. <coughs> <coughs> don't mind me. Everything's fine. Wow. I'm just failing all over the place. I've got a little bit of water here. Ugh, I almost knocked over the mug as I was filling it. Whew. Anyway. Everything's fine. Uh, where was I? The grandmother lived down the wood half a league from the village, and just as Little Red Riding Hood entered the wood, a wolf met her. Little Red Riding Hood did not know what a wicked creature he was, and was not afraid of him at all. Good day, Little Red Riding Hood, he said. Thank you kindly, wolf. Whither are away so early, Little Red Riding Hood? To my grandmother's. What have you got in your apron? Cake and wine. Yesterday was baking day, so poor sick grandmother is uh, to have something good to make her stronger. Where does your grandmother live, Little Red Riding Hood? A good quarter of a league farther into the wood. Her house stands under three large oak trees. The nut trees are just below. You surely must know it, replied the Little Red Riding Hood. The wolf thought to himself, What a tender young creature. What a nice plump mouthful. She will be better to eat than the old woman. I must act craftily as to catch both. So he walked for a short time by the side of Little Red Riding and then he said, See, Little Red Riding and how pretty the flowers are about here. Why not you look around? I believe, too, that you do not hear how sweetly the little birds are singing. You walk gravely along as if you were going to school, while everything else out here in the wood is merry. Little Red Riding Hood raised her eyes, and when she saw the sunbeams dancing here and there through the trees and pretty flowers growing over, she thought, suppose I take Grandmother a fresh nosegay. What is a nosegay? Small bunch of flowers, typically ones that are sweet-scented. A nosegay. Or a posy, or a toosie-moosie, is, uh, is what those are called. Fascinating. What a weird, old-timey word that is absolutely not used anymore. That would please her, too. It's still so early in the day that I shall still get there in good time. And so she ran from the path into the wood to look for flowers. And whenever she had picked one, she fancied that she saw a still prettier one farther on and ran after it. And so it got deeper and deeper into the woods. Meanwhile, the wolf ran straight to the grandmother's house and knocked at the door. Who is there? 
Little Red Riding Hood, replied the wolf. She's bringing cake and wine. Open the door. Lift the latch, called out the grandmother. I am too weak and cannot get up. The wolf lifted the latch and the door sprang open. Without saying a word, he went straight into the grandmother's bed and devoured her. Then he put on her clothes, dressed himself in her cap, and laid himself in bed and drew the curtains. Well, he made fucking fast work of that, didn't he? Little Red Riding Hood, however, had been running about picking flowers, and when she had gathered so many that she could carry no more, she remembered her grandmother and set out on her way to her. She was uh, surprised to find the cottage door standing open, and when she went into the room, she had such a strange feeling that she said to herself, Oh dear, how uneasy I feel today, and at other times I like being with grandmother so much. She called out, Good morning, but received no answer. So she went straight to the bed and drew back the curtains. There lay her grandmother with the cap pulled far over her face and looking very strange. Oh, grandmother, what big ears you have. The better to hear you with, my child was the reply. But, grandmother, what big eyes you have, she said. The better to see you with, my dear. But, grandmother, what large hands you have, the better to argue with. Oh, but, grandmother, what a terrible big mouth you have, the better to eat you with. And scarcely had the wolf said this, then with one bound he was out of the bed and swallowed up Little Red Riding Hood. And that's the end of the story. Oh, no, it isn't. There's like a whole other, there's like a whole month that he ate Little Red Riding Hood. Interesting. Anyway. When the wolf had appeased his appetite, he lay down again in the bed and fell asleep and began to snore very loud. The huntsman, who was just passing the house and thought to himself, how the old woman was snoring, I must just see if she wants anything. So he went to the room and when he came to the bed, he saw the wolf was lying in it. Do I find you here, you old sinner? He said, I have long sought you. Just then, just as he was going to fire at him, it occurred to him that the wolf might have devoured the grandmother and that she might still be saved. So he did not fire, but took a pair of scissors and began to cut open the stomach of the sleeping wolf. When he had made two snips, he saw Little Red Riding Hood shining, and then he made two more snips, and the little girl sprang out crying, Ah, how frightened I have been! How dark it was inside the wolf! What the fuck? So is the wolf's belly just, like, completely distended, holding the bodies of, like, two full-grown people? Or I guess the grandmother and the child? I, I guess, and he's just cutting in. The wolf isn't dead, he's asleep. Not, he shouldn't be asleep anymore. Somebody just cuts into your stomach lining and splits it open and releases a human child. Jesus, this is fucked. How dark it was inside the wolf. I would imagine. It's one of the, like, the earliest examples of vor. Fucking Pinocchio and Jonah's whale. Anyway. And after that, the aged grandmother came out alive also, but scarcely able to breathe. Little Red Riding Hood, however, quickly fetched great stones with which they filled the wolf's belly, and when he awoke, he wanted to run away, but the stones were so heavy that he collapsed at once and fell dead. I would fucking hope so. Poor thing's probably bleeding out after this fucking invasive surgery. Then all three were delighted. You monsters. The huntsman drew off the wolf's skin and went home with it. All right, sure, yeah, let's fuck it. Whatever. I mean, you already started the incisions, so let's just skin the poor beast. Grandmother ate the cake and drank the wine, which a Little Red Riding Hood had brought and revived, but Little Red Riding Hood thought to herself, as long as I live, I will never by myself leave the path to run into the woods when Mother has forbidden me to do so. It is also related that once Little Red Riding Hood was again taking cakes to her old grandmother, another wolf spoke to her and tried to entice her from the path. Little Red Riding Hood, however, was on guard and went straight forward on her way and told her grandmother that she had met the wolf and that he had said good morning to her, but with such a wicked look in his eye that if they had not been on the public road, she was certain he would have eaten her up. Well, the grandmother said, we will shut the door so that he may not come in. Soon afterwards, the wolf knocked and cried, Open the door, grandmother. I am Little Red Riding Hood, and I am bringing you some cakes. But they did not speak or open the door. And so the gray beard stole twice or thrice around the house, and at last jumped on the roof. 
intending to wait until Little Red Riding Hood went home in the evening, and then to steal her after and devour her in the darkness. But the grandmother saw what was in his thoughts. In front of the house was a great stone trough. So said, uh, so she said to the child, Take the pail, Little Red Riding Hood. I made some sausages yesterday, so carry the water in which I boiled them to the trough. Little Red Riding Hood carried until the great trough was quite full. Then the smell of sausages reached the wolf, and he sniffed and peeped down. At last stretched out his neck so far that he could no longer keep his footing and began to slip, and slipped down from the roof straight into the great trough and was drowned. But Little Red Riding Hood went joyously home, and no one ever did anything to harm her again. The end. Man, these are... These are fascinatingly different tales than what I had in my head. I didn't know it like continued to a second wolf. That's that's interesting. I also wonder if the wolves follow like vampire rules, where like you, you you if you say they can't come in, they can't come in. You know, so they just like wait outside and be like, can, can I? Hello, can I come into your room and suck your blood? No. Oh, oh, come, please. Just a just a mouthful. It don't have to be much, just a little taste of no? Oh, alright, I'll just... I'll just leave, I guess, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah, there you go. Little Red Riding Hood. This year is the 35th uh, anniversary of Mario. And recently, Nintendo announced a triple pack of Mario games ported for the Switch. Important to note, I learned this recently, this game will only be available for a couple of months this year, after which you will never be able to buy it again. You won't be able to get it digitally, all the physical copies are sold out. So if you want Super Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy for the Switch, and this triple pack for like 60 bucks, you gotta get it now because it won't be available ever again, according to Nintendo. And if there's one thing Nintendo is good at, it's not making enough of their fucking shit for people to buy. You still cannot buy Switches. They are still like fucking sold out everywhere. It's it's absurd to me, I don't, I don't quite get it. But this one is announced scarcity. So at least we know going in that you'll only have, you have a small window to buy this fucking game. So if you have any desire for these Mario games, now's the time. And the only one of those I really played was Galaxy. And I love Mario. I love watching people play Mario. I'm terrible at Mario, so I'm not going to get it. Um, because I just, I won't fucking be able to do it. It's it's not like it's beyond me. It's just I'm just bad at platformers, you know? I'm sure I could figure it out if I really wanted to. I mean, it's a game for children. But it's, you know, Mario's kind of got a really big legacy so I just wanted to make a special note, like a PSA announcement. If you want this fucking game, you gotta buy this fucking game, like now. So just just a heads up. It's only gonna be around for a limited limited amount of time. Um, but it does look fun, and the ports look really good. I mean, they ported 64 to the like the the DS uh, a while back, so you could play it there. But it just I don't know, it just looks it looks really fun. And I never played Sunshine, so. Maybe, I don't know. I'll just watch somebody play it, I think, is the, is the way to go for that one. But PSA, go buy that game if you like Mario. 35th anniversary. Congratulations, you red plumber dude. You saved the princess once or twice. Woo, let's move on to the next thing, podcast. I've never heard of this story in my life. Um, so I'm just scrolling through like my, my website here of fairy tales, and it just popped up. And I was like, all right, let's give this one a shot. It's called The Boogie Beast. 
It uh, was in like the early 20th century, it looks like, or at least it was retold in like 1922. Um, I'm not entirely sure where it originally came from, but here we go. <gasps> the Boogie Beast. I'm going to read it nice and nice and creepily too, so let's get right into the microphone. There once was a woman who was very, very cheerful, though she had little to make her so, for she was old and poor and lonely. She lived in a little bit of a cottage and earned a scant living by running errands for her neighbors, getting a bite here and a sup there as a reward for her services. So she made shift to get on, and always looked as spry and cheery as if she had not a want in the world. Now one summer evening, as she was trotting full of smiles as ever along the high road to her hovel, what should she see but a big black pot lying in a ditch? Goodness me, she cried. That would be just the very thing for me if only I had something to put it in. But I haven't. Now who could have left it in the ditch? And she looked about expecting the owner would not be far off, but she could see nobody. Maybe there's a hole in it, she wanted, and that's why it's been cast away. But it would be fine to put fl a flower in my window, so I'll just take it home with me. And with that, she lifted the lid and looked inside. Mercy me, she cried, fair amazed, if it isn't full of gold pieces, here's luck. And so it was, brimful of great gold coins. Well, at first she simply stood stock still, wondering if she was standing on her head or her heels. Then she began saying, locks, but I do feel rich, I feel awful rich. And she had said this many times. She began to wonder how she was to get her treasure home. It was too heavy for her to carry. She could not see no better way than to tie the end of her shawl to it and begin to drag it behind her like a go-kart. It will soon be dark, she said to herself as she trotted along. So much the better. The enables will not see what I'm bringing home. And I shall have all night to myself and be able to think of what I'll do. Mayhap I'll buy a grand house and just sit by the fire with a cup of tea and do no work at all like a queen. Or maybe I'll bury it in a, at the garden foot and just keep a bit of the old china teapot in the chimney piece. Or maybe, goody, goody, I feel that grand I don't know myself. By this time, she was a bit tired of dragging such a heavy weight and stopping to rest a while, turned to look at her treasure. And lo, it wasn't a pot of gold at all. It was nothing but a lump of silver. She stared at it and rubbed her eyes and stared at it again. Well, I never, she said at last, me thinking it was a pot of gold. I must have been dreaming, but this is luck. Silver is far less trouble, easier to mind, and not so easy to be stolen. Them gold pieces would have been the death of me, with this great lump of silver. And so she went off again, planning what she would do when feeling as rich as rich, until it became a bit tired again, and stopped to rest, and gave a look round to see that her treasure was safe, and saw nothing but a great lump of iron. Well, I never, she said again, and I'm mistaking it for silver. I must have been dreaming, but this is luck. It's real convenient. I can get penny pieces for old iron, and penny pieces are a deal handier for me than your gold or silver. Why, I should never have slept a wink for fear of being robbed, but a penny piece comes in useful, and I shall sell that iron for a lot and be real rich, rolling rich. And so she tried it full of plans as to how she would spend her penny pieces, till once more she stopped to rest and looked around to see her treasure was safe, and this time she saw nothing but a big stone. Well, I never, she cried full of smiles, to think if I mistook it for iron, I must have been dreaming, but here's luck indeed, me watching a stone terribly bad to stick open the gate. <laughs> My, but it is a change for the better, it's a fine thing to have good luck. And so, all in a hurry to see how the stone would keep the gate open, she trotted up down the hill till she came to her own cottage. She unlatched the gate, and then turned to unfasten her shawl from the stone which lay on the path behind her. Aye, it was a stone sure enough, there was plenty of light to see it lying there douse and peaceable as a stone should. So she bent over to fat unfasten the shawl end and went, Oh my! All of a sudden it gave a jump, a squeal, and in one moment was as big as a haystack. 
Then they let down four great lanky legs and threw out two long ears, nourished a great long tail, and romped off, kicking and squealing and whinnying and laughing like a naughty mischievous boy. The woman stared after it till it was fairly out of sight, and then she burst out laughing too. Well, she chuckled, I am in luck, quite the luckiest body hereabouts. Fancy my seeing the boogie beast all to myself and making myself so free with it too. My goodness, I do feel that uplifted, that grand. So she went to her cottage and spent the evening chuckling over her good luck. Fascinating. What a weird story. Huh. It, like, it has a little sentence here at the top that says, It's a delightful fairy tale about how all luck is, or how luck is all relative. Which is a, a fair enough lesson, you know, like Aesop's fable kind of thing. Um, that was interesting. That was interesting. Not a bad tale, that. Thank you all very much for listening to this week's episode of the Going Up Cast. You will enjoy a brand new audiobook coming out this week. Inheritance has begun. Uh, new chapters every day. And I will see you all next week for more random fairy tales and goings on and all that grand stuff. Have a good one, everyone.